unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and I am excited. I've I've been waiting on on pins and needles <laughs> for this week's episode since we continue or since we kind of left a, a little bit of a cliffhanger, a open loop last week, and we're going to be talking about writing in your client's voice this week. Yes. So let me start here. Whenever you look at a best-selling book by a celebrity or a politician, the chances are better than good that the so-called author didn't actually write it him or herself. A ghostwriter did. And good ghostwriters command fees comparable to, and sometimes exceeding, the fees of the best copywriters. One of the main reasons they get paid so well is they have the ultimate chameleon skill for a writer. They can write convincingly in someone else's voice. Now, as copywriters, we are often ghostwriters for our clients, not for their content, but for their promotions. And how important is the skill of writing in your client's voice for you as a copywriter? Today, we'll talk about that, and I'll give you some tips on how to do it. But before we get into all of that, a reminder, copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So ghostwriting is actually something huge in the music industry as well. And coming from rap music, there's a lot of ghostwriting there where the, the record label will put a particular push behind an individual artist, but the artist can't come up with all of the lyrics themselves or all of the songs themselves. So they'll oftentimes hire out. And that's where a lot of the money in, in the music industry is actually made is writing songs for the artist. And it's the same there. You have to know the audience of the artist. You have to know the content, the background, the feel of the music of that artist in order to effectively copyright for them. So this goes beyond just writing books and, and writing sales letters. A large part of the entertainment that we consume, in, in my experience coming from the music industry, is there's just copywriting everywhere, probably infinitely more than what most people would realize. Including me. I didn't know that until this moment. Um, but yeah, and and of course, to write hip hop, to write anything, to write country, to write rock, to you know any 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 kind of um, lyrics, man, you really got to get someone's voice. I mean, writing lyrics is hard enough. Writing them in another person's voice even harder. And and so, I don't want anyone to get discouraged because you're going to find out as we go through today's episode that what the what the ghostwriting songwriters and the ghostwriting nonfiction bestseller writers have to do in terms of voice is much, much harder and much more comprehensive 
than what a copywriter has to do. But yeah, so I, I, we can we can add that to the list of where writers must totally speak in their clients' voices, Nathan. Um, songwriters, for sure. Speech writers, ghost writers for books, and screenwriters. Now, screenwriters in a different way, it's even harder for a screenwriter because you need to have a unique voice for each major character, both a different way of speaking, a different point of view. A woman's not going to speak the same way as a man if it's going to be authentic. And so you need to understand how to do that. That is beyond what I know how to do and worth knowing about, but not something we need to get into a lot of depth about here. Just understand that's where you need to write in your client's voice 100%. You need that chameleon quality. You need to become that person practically far more than you need to do in copywriting. Okay. All right. And I've noticed that in comic books, sometimes if the writer is not a very good writer, you can tell a lot of times because all of the characters, they have the same tones, they have the same inflections, they have the same point of view and uh a good writer is able to it's all coming from one person but they're able to break down how each aspect of the conversation should sound coming from each individual person and you say it's not as important in copy but it is important to understand how the person you're writing from might speak or might convey information slightly different than you would in all of your other copy Absolutely. That's true. I guess the difference is the the copy might not sound like that person. The very best copy might not sound exactly like that person if you were talking with that person, uh, your client, because what you need to do in copy really is make it a little tighter and make it a little more proactive and make it a little more uh, emotionally efficient and intense than uh most even a very skilled salesperson would tend to do when they were talking so it's it's a you know it's a different kind of medium it's it's it, but yes i mean you you definitely need to know where that person's coming from and some of the things that they say and, and we're getting a little ahead of ourselves so we'll get to that in a minute but you're you're right uh, when i say it's easier i didn't mean to to um, give the impression that it's easy. There's still some work involved and it's well worth learning how to do this. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, next level down from the songwriters and the speechwriters and the ghostwriters and the screenwriters is and now we're getting into the realm of copy is webinars. When you're writing a webinar for a client, what you're probably going to do, and I'm talking here about a sales webinar, but it, could be an educational webinar, but this pertains to a sales webinar. Um, this the webinar, I guess everybody knows, but in case there's one listener who doesn't watch webinars, um, I will tell you that a webinar is where the client speaks, a person, the marketer, whether it's you or your client, speaks through an online presentation, a visual presentation over the web usually with slides, sometimes with a combination of slides and live full motion video to make a pitch, to sell something. And so as a copywriter, you need to get some sense of your client's voice here because the slides and the script 
or the outline. They really need to line up with a reasonable approximation of the way your client talks. This is closer, closer to the um, other four types of writing we talked about before than than what we're going to get to. Um, and it, here's the reason, especially if your client is doing this live, it's it's semi like a speech. If your client is stuck with a script that goes so far away from the way they talk that they can't really click with it, it won't ring true. They might stumble and it won't be very effective in making a sale. Same thing for uh, video sales letters. I've written webinars and video sales letters for clients, and it's it's very much the same feel. And it's very, very important that you understand how the person that's going to be presenting actually speaks. Right. So you, you've got two layers of understanding people. One, the person who's going to be delivering it. And secondly, on the other side of, in this case, the computer screen, um, or on the other side of the internet, uh, the person who's going to be watching this, you also have to understand how it's going to be received, how that person's going to respond to it. So yeah, that's, that's a tricky and sophisticated kind of writing. And the, the techniques that we will talk about uh, as, as we move forward will be useful for that. I think you need to use these techniques more for a VSL or especially a VSL your client's going to read as opposed to, you know, bringing in a voiceover artist and, of course, a webinar. Probably more important for that than for strictly print copy. But all of these things are important. All right, so next level down. Next level down is sales letters, print ads, and emails. And there are a few basics you should cover, which, again, we'll get to. I promise we will. I keep saying that. We will. But remember, in most cases, in most cases with something in print, like a sales letter, a print ad, or an email, nobody really knows what your client sounds like. So you don't need as precisely developed a skill as you would as a speechwriter or a songwriter or a screenwriter or a ghostwriter. And let me say, Nathan, a few things about writing conversationally, period, before we get into how to write in your client's voice, the, the how-tos. This is one of the hardest things for people to do. Really, for most writers, it's, it's hard to master. Uh, why? Well, it's because the school system and if you went into the military, the military, and if you went to college or grad school, the school, the, the higher education system, and if you work for a large corporation, the corporation, all of them, all of them are doing their level best to beat the conversational writing skill, which you had naturally, to beat it out of you. They don't want that. We could go off on a long, long um, rant as to why. Uh, I think we'd probably agree as to why. But nevertheless, it's not important. Understand that you have been programmed by the people teaching you to write, teaching you to speak, not to be conversational, but to be formal, maybe even to be a little stilted, and certainly to be a little depersonal. Because in institutions, depersonalization is the name of the game unless you're at the very bottom or the very top. So understand, you need to learn to do this. It doesn't come naturally for most people. That is writing conversationally at all. And here are like five things you can do, okay? All right. And I've talked about this before. This was an exercise 
I was given and did an exercise from a screenwriting class. It will work great for becoming better at any kind of writing. Go to a Starbucks and sit at a table and pretend to be, you know, working on coding the latest app or scanning the internet or, you know, some kind of deep involvement with your computer and listen to a conversation at a nearby table and transcribe it word for word. Don't correct anything. Just transcribe it the way you're listening to it. And you'll find out a lot about the way people really talk in real life that way. So Starbucks spy, that's the first thing. The, the second thing is have a conversation with someone where you're overt and obvious about what you're doing and interview what they're doing, interview them, record what they're saying, and handwrite it out. Handwrite out the way a person talks. When they're, you know, not on stage, where they're not uh, trying to impress you, where you're just having a conversation, and hopefully you can get so into what you're talking about that they'll forget that the recorder is on, say, okay? And then, again, record it, get it transcribed, and then hand copy it. So you get in your muscle memory the way people talk. The same way you get that benefit from hand copying letters, right? You can hand copy an actual conversation. And would you recommend that with the client themselves? Yes, but you're you're sort of jumping ahead, which is okay. Uh, I'm saying this is just how to learn the skill. It might be better to first do this with a friend or someone, you know, a, a classmate if you're in school or a coworker or, you know, someone who's just willing to do this so there's not as much pressure because you're having to learn, trust me, you're having to learn a lot of things at the same time when you do this. And it's not really good to learn on a client's dime, even if they're not paying you extra, even if it's their time, you know, it's, it's good to learn this skill before you have to use it professionally. But if you don't have that option, if you have to do something right away, then yes, do it with a client. Sure. Gotcha. Hey, let me ask you a question. Does it take you too long to write your copy? And if it does, have you ever wished you had a proven system to write it faster? Well, if that describes you, then you'll want to know about high-speed copywriting. This is a home study program that has helped a lot of people write profitable sales letters in as little as five hours. No, it's not a bunch of shortcut tricks that leave you with cookie-cutter sales letters that people can ignore. It's about writing full-fledged, memorable, response-getting sales letters much faster than it usually takes. It's tested and proven, too. High-speed copywriting will ease you through putting together an original, powerful sales letter and putting it together in record time. You can find out more at highspeedcopywriting.com. By the way, this is one of the very few programs that Bond and Kevin Halbert have given their Halbert seal of approval to. So check it out today, highspeedcopywriting.com. Thank you. And now back to our show. There, there's a book I'd like to recommend everybody get and read and ponder how they can use this. It's an old book. It's a very good book. It's called The Art of Plain Talk. And that's P-L-A-I-N talk. In case you're thinking we're talking about, you know, an airline book. No, The Art of Plain Talk by Rudolf Flesch. F-L-E-S-C-H. Uh, there are a lot of used copies on Amazon now available in the U.S. for as little as a few dollars. Also, if you 
can't get that for some reason if you're in another country. And I know we have a lot of international listeners. Um, if you go to scribd.com, S-C-R-I-B-D.com, uh, you can sign up for it. There is a PDF of the book up there. And, and what you want to do is read this book, figure out what it says to do that you're not doing, and figure out how you can learn to do the things that you need to do that you're not doing yet. So that's number four, Get the Art of Plain Talk by Rudolph Flesh and read it and apply it. And the fifth thing is probably the same thing you would tell your musicians who weren't quite up to speed at a recording session. Practice, practice, practice. Right? That should be natural, Nathan. But like I said before, the school system and other institutions have beaten their natural ability to write conversationally out of a lot of us. They've beaten it out of us. And so we need to practice it to regain what should be natural already. Okay. One thing that I want to add to that, and this is something that I do with every piece of copy, whether it's a sales letter, a blog post, an email, is just once I'm done writing it and I'm satisfied with it, I'll go through and read it out loud. And even though I've edited it two or three times, a lot of times just reading it out loud will instantly show me anywhere where it doesn't sound conversational. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Let's add that to the list for sure. It it really works. And how better to decide if something is conversational than to actually try to say it, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, the, the reason I was pushing back about doing this with your client is that before you start to write in your client's voice, you need to learn or relearn how to write the way people speak, period. Any people, you, a generic person, by doing those things. And so let's say you get to the point where you have some sense of how to write conversationally and some confidence in it. Here are some tips for writing conversationally, especially for print stuff, not for the video things we talked about earlier, but for ads, web pages, and emails, and things like that. First of all, is take a, take a load off, take a little pressure off your shoulders. Remember, you don't have to sound exactly like your prospect. There are certain things that need to line up pretty closely, but it doesn't need to sound like your prospect word for word. The more it does, the better, but it doesn't have to. And let's talk about the things that you absolutely need to focus on when you're writing the way they talk. You need to focus on their values and the ideas that would come out of their values. So if they are a very charitably oriented person and helping others is a big value for them, then everything you write needs to come from that point of view. If they're a very self-reliance oriented person and one of their biggest values is helping other people become independent and self-reliant. Everything you write should come from that point of view and so on. You need to find out what those values are. You can ask them, but sometimes people don't know. So you'll have to do a little detective work and, and figure it out sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Alongside of that, their reason why. Everyone has a reason why they're doing something they're doing. Not everyone knows what it is or is aware of it, but 
they'll tell you if you ask them. And if you can include some of that either very directly. Uh, and the reason I developed this product, the reason I'm making this offer is that's powerful. That really personalizes the copy a lot without you having to be too precise, a parrot or a chameleon or a, um, a soothsayer of their language, you know? Yeah. And, you know, with the, uh, leniency that I'm giving you, you still want to make it sound as much like them as possible. So, and this is what you asked about earlier, Nathan, you do want to interview them. You want to record it. You want to transcribe the interview. And here's what you want to pay attention to. Four things. One, any pet words or phrases, any stuff that they say regularly. I don't know if you watch Ray Donovan. I, I happen to love that show, which I, I sort of wonder why I love it. But um, I do. And there was this guy who's a movie star and he had a tagline and he was in a lot of trouble. And anyway, I'm not going to give this away, but um, he had a tagline from his movies, which was checks in the mail, checks in the mail. <laughs> and so everyone who came up to him would like, you know, make a gun with their their thumb and their first finger, say checks in the mail. That doesn't have to be that overt or obvious. And that probably wouldn't be real good when you're selling. It's great for entertainment, though. But, you know, there are certain phrases and words people use. Um, go through the transcript. Uh, go through their writings. And, you know, look for those kind of things. So that's number one. Number two is their overall view of the world. And this relates to values. Um how do they see things? You know, how complex is their view of the world? How focused is it? And, you know, how do they think of their customers, talk about their customers? Um, how do they talk about their competitors? Are they very competitive oriented? Are they very cooperation oriented? All of those things are helpful to know. The next thing is a little harder, and it's the rhythm of their speech. Mm, that's so hard to translate into, into print as well. It is, and um, if you can do it, great. I, I can't even explain how to do it, but you know, just just be on the lookout for that. And notice if there's a certain rhythm, a certain pace to it, and see what you can do to translate that into the copy. And here's something that's much easier to figure out that you'll find out from interviewing them for a while, maybe an hour or two hours, or you can also find this out from reading a lot of their stuff, especially their content. How emotional or non-emotional is the way they talk? You know, you can write copy that's not particularly emotional if you have a very good logic to it. Um, it's called the reason why style of copy. It's different from the reason why I was talking about, although related, it's different. This is something that John E. Kennedy came up with in the early 1900s. A lot of people say that Gary Bensavenga was the reason why copywriter. And, you know, you can't argue with his results. So it's possible to write in a fairly non-emotional tone. It's also possible to write in a very emotional tone. And, I mean, of course it's possible, but it's possible to make sales with your copy either way. So uh, that's that's the fourth thing. So, again, that list is, one, pet words and phrases. Two, their overall view of the world three, the rhythm of their speech, and four, how emotional or non-emotional the way they talk is. Can I pester you to kind of 
uh, unpack that last one a little bit? Yeah, yeah, sure. So Ben Savanga is widely known as one of, or if not the like most successful copywriter in, in current time, at least. Um, and you're right. He doesn't write super emotionally. And one of the things that a lot of people say is emotions are what make the sale. And Ben Savega c- kind of goes against the grain on that. How is, how is that possible? Or what, what is it that allows him to know the rule and break the rule at the same time? Well, he does a lot. I think he's retired now, although I've seen some ads pop up lately that look suspiciously like they're his, <laughs> but he's officially retired as a freelance copywriter for the boardroom boardrooms of the world, the big, big mailers, the big publishers. Gary spends a lot of time thinking like he could spend six months working on a promotion. Not everyone has that luxury. He earned that luxury. And so if you brainstorm enough ideas, you may find a less emotional way of presenting a sales argument that is very powerful. So a lot of it has to do with putting thought into it. A lot of it has to do with understanding the customer's need for familiarity of an idea before you present a new idea and your skill in getting a customer comfortable. Ben Savenga had a headline way back in the day that was revolutionary because it was very familiar and it was contrarian at the same time. It said, get rich slowly. Mm. Well, at, at the time, everyone else was saying, get rich fast, get rich now. You know, don't miss this opportunity in the market for 6,000% gains. And he was saying, Get rich slowly. Now, a couple things there. It's contrarian. It gets attention. It's not particularly emotional or emotion-laden. And it's also extremely familiar because everyone's used to hearing get rich quick. So putting the opposite in there, it does make it a new idea, but it also sounds sort of like the old idea. So, I mean, and now how long did it take him to come up with that? I don't know. But I can imagine he probably threw out 25 or 30 really good ideas to pick that one. Yeah, and it's great because it latches on to something people are used to hearing, but it adds a twist that overcomes the unbelievability of the saturated claim, which is get rich quickly. Right, right. So once you have a really good idea, you can develop it logically. And, you know, it's certainly going to create curiosity. And if he proves his point that you're better off getting rich slowly, well, let's see. How did Warren Buffett do it? Did he? No, I think it took him. How rich did he? Well, he was the richest man. Oh, okay. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see how that can sort of start to build in conviction in in the prospect's mind? Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's one of those things where if you want to break the rule, you definitely need to understand the rules first. And and, uh, Gary definitely does. Yeah. And you can be sure that he created enough emotion in his prospects to get them to buy. But there's a difference between creating emotion in prospects and wearing emotion on your sleeve when you're writing the copy. There is a difference. Awesome. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and continue. Okay. So here are some things that you want to do that aren't specific to your prospect, but are going to enhance 
the chances of sales for your copy. You want to make sure there's clarity, that it's real clear and it's unambiguous. People can understand exactly what you're saying. And sometimes that takes rewriting something four or five, ten times. Sometimes it comes out pretty clear right away, but do what it takes to make it clear. You want simplicity. You want it expressed in the simplest way possible, which means easy to understand words and sentences. And if you know how to use the um, spelling and grammar tool on Microsoft Word and you know how to check readability, you want your grade level to be low and your readability index to be high. And this is something not everyone does. Even successful people don't always talk this way, but in copy, you need to do this. You need to have an active voice. You don't want to have passive sentences where you're using the word is or has, um, has been, you know, the decision has been made. No, I made the decision. I made a decision, right? There, you need to have an actor with, with every verb, an actor taking the action. Uh, active voice. You want tight, muscular writing focused on action. So clarity, simplicity, easy to understand words and sentences with high readability, and active voice, tight, muscular writing focused on action. Nice. David, this has been just a phenomenal amount of information, a lot to consume and, and work around. I'm going to have to listen to this a couple of times to catch everything. I do appreciate everything that you do for us every single week, man. Thank you for showing up and just dropping all of this knowledge every single week. Oh, you're welcome, Nathan. I love to do it. So thank you for hosting and asking me great questions and creating, you know, not creating, just sharing some of your own insights. They're very valuable too. Sweet. So what do we have to look forward to next week? Aha. Next week, we're going to talk about how to avoid hype in your copy and still sell. Awesome. All right. I can't wait. Again, another fantastic episode of the Copywriters Podcast with the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Until next time, copywriters, we'll see you later. Bye, everyone. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on GarfinkelMedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to GarfinkelMedia.com and fill out the form. That's GarfinkelMedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast.